A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Oh, today's going to be a fun show. Uh, we're going to talk about the money doctor. The money doctor. You wanted to sing to start the uh, show today, didn't you, Scott? No, no. You know what? I, I said this reminds me of uh, the uh, the Kiss song, uh, Dr. Love. And you know, and I sang a little bit of it, but definitely not anything on the air because I don't want all our listeners to tune out in the first 10 seconds of the uh, podcast. I, I should have tricked you and had, it, had the recording rolling before we actually started the show, so I could have captured you singing, but... I wasn't quick enough to hit the record button, unfortunately. Um, Now, we're going to talk about the money doctor on today's show. Welcome, by the way. This, of course, is the Retirement Toolbox with Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group. I'm Walter Storholt. Great to have you with us once again on the show today. Uh, We're going to look at some ailments uh, and some reasons why people maybe go to the doctor and lessons learned uh, from, you know, just the health world and how we can apply those to the financial world. There are an amazing amount of parallels that we can actually mm-hmm. draw there. So that's going to be a very helpful conversation, I believe. Uh, we're also going to ask Bill or get a question from Bill about uh, money being left in a 401k after you retire. And then kind of what do you do? Uh, we talk a lot about rolling a 401k over when you maybe leave one job for another. But what about when you just retire and you've got that 401k? What happens to it? So we're going to answer mm-hmm. his question and dive into that on today's show as well. And uh, we've got the movie and TV review segment to wrap up the show a little later on as well. So stick around for that. But let's first take a visit to the money doctor on the show today. Uh, We're going to learn some valuable lessons that can be applied to our financial lives from the world of medicine. And uh, Scott, you'll be the money doctor. I'll kind of tee you up for some of these lessons. You let us know, do we we truly see some parallels here and, and what those indeed are? I have my white coat on right now with a big dollar sign. You asked me if I was wearing a white shirt today, but because I spilled coffee on myself this morning, I had the wise decision to not wear white today. But you've already finished your coffee, right? So you can wear the white coat. Yes, yes. I've got the white coat and, you know, the little... Little dollar sign on the uh, on the the chest there. It says "Money Doctor." I like that. I'm ready to go. I like that. Uh, all right. So even if you feel fine, we've all learned this lesson before. It's usually advisable to still get those periodic checkups. Why do perfectly healthy kids, you know, go to the doctor at least once a year for that checkup? I mean, that's a pretty easy to understand kind of thing because you want to stay on top of any problems that might not be evident yet. So even though you don't Mm -hmm. feel sick, you still go to the doctor for a routine physical exam. Is that kind of vigilance needed in the financial realm? Well, you know what, Walter, it absolutely is. And it's just like when you go to the doctor, you know, you may be feeling fine. Everything may be great. And you get in there, doctor, you know, pulls some blood or does something and says, uh, uh uh-oh, we found a problem. Well, that's the same thing in your financial life. When you go in and you have a review, and that's why with our clients every year, you know, we get together at least once a year to do an annual review. And yeah, a lot of people say, you know what, everything's fine. But then we get in here, we're we're doing a review, we start talking about different things, and then different things pop up. 
and that you know we discovered that maybe this wasn't working the way we wanted it to or because this has changed in your life we need to uh, you know make changes to to exactly what you know we're doing from a financial standpoint so absolutely periodic checkpoints are essential just like going to the doctor Certainly makes sense. Easy to draw that one. Thought I'd get you off to an easy start here, Scott. Let's get a little bit more complicated, perhaps, or just a little bit more interesting. Because sometimes we go to the doctor, whether something's ailing us or not, whatever gets uncovered, we might need a prescription. You know, certain things we can Mm -hmm. just let pass by without having to actually, you know, go take anything. If it's a cold or a fever, eh, maybe we can just treat ourselves with some over-the-counter medicines or just kind of wait it out a little bit. But if that turns into bronchitis or pneumonia or something like that, well, now we're starting to get into the realm of needing that prescription to help us get over something. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's very true. It, it's it, that, I like what you said over the counter because in your financial life, there are a lot of things that you can do with yourself with some over the counter, you know, you know, remedies or, or financial fixes. But I think, you know, when it comes to getting more of the tricky type of stuff, you know, like tax situations, uh, your retirement income, you know, maybe you inherited money, that's when maybe you need a prescription from a professional. You know, when it comes to, you know, paying your monthly bills and do your budgeting, you know, those are things you can do yourself very easily with over-the-counter resources. But, you know, taxes especially, they're ever-changing all the time. When we talk about portfolio management, you know, there's a lot of different factors out there. We're kind of in a crazy economy uh, with a lot of different variables happening. And, you know, having a professional do that plan or give you that prescription is going to be valuable for a lot of people. So sometimes, you know, you, you got you to gotta go and get the prescription. So, yeah, sometimes you need that prescription. Uh, All right. Different doctors have different specialties, something we all know, right? Like if you're Mm a middle-aged man with heart trouble, you're not going to go to the gynecologist for help. You're going to go to a cardiologist. Uh, If you have shoulder surgery, you're not going to go to an oncologist or a respiratory specialist. Uh, What about the financial world? Same kind of specialties exist there? You know, this is something I say all the time. I said, you know, if if you need to have a heart surgery, you don't go see the podiatrist. Not a good idea. But and in the financial world, different advisors are going to specialize in doing different things. My niche is I work with pre-retirees and retirees. We focus a lot on the ta- your taxable assets in retirement and trying to minimize those taxes, not only for you while you're living, but then also when you pass it on to your heirs. That's my niche. That's my specialty. That's Those are the type of people that I work well with. If I have somebody that comes younger in my office, you know, in their 20s, and they need help with with doing, you know, budgeting and paying off debt and and all those types of things, that's not necessarily my wheelhouse. That's not what I deal with, Um, you know, mostly with my clients. I could do it, but I wouldn't know a lot of the little nuances that maybe somebody that does it all the time, just like with me with working with my pre-retirees and retirees uh, with retirement income and taxes. So, yeah, there's you know, different advisors are going to do different things. Sometimes when you go to a big wirehouse firm and you've got a broker, you know, they're going to just work with managing your investments, but not necessarily do any of the planning that goes with it, which 
by the way, I think is a huge mistake because the planning, in my opinion, drives what your investments are going to be to start with. It's kind of like putting the, the cart before the horse. Um, and I also say this a lot when it comes to other professionals, like attorneys. If you're going to do any estate planning work, you need to have a trust done or someone to look at it. You don't want to go to the uh, malpractice guy, the guy that specializes in medical malpractice lawsuits. Or, um, and, and this exact same thing happened in, a, in an appointment earlier this morning. I met with a client. We need to have uh, – when we when we met last time, they said, "Oh, you know what? My daughter-in-law's, I mean, my son-in-law is an attorney, and I'm going to check with him, and you know, you know, he can just get this done for me." I'm like, "That's great. That's fine." We get together in this meeting, and they're like, "Yeah, we talked to him, and uh, you know, he does uh, injury, uh, you know, injury lawsuits." Uh, and he said he wouldn't feel comfortable doing the financial, I mean, the uh, estate planning work for us. And I said, well, you know, I have an elder call, you know, an elder law estate planning attorney that specializes just in this. I'll give him a call and, and we'll get the ball rolling for you. So it's not only, you know, it's really in a, in a lot of areas of life, people are going to specialize in stuff. And when you need something done, you want to go to the guy that specializes in what you need. All really great points there, Scott, and I think something worth um, really kind of pondering on a little bit, the, that level of specialty, uh, because it really is important. You know, there are some times when that, that general advice is good, but other times where you really need somebody who's specializing in the nitty and gritty of your particular situation. And we mm -hmm. definitely see that in the financial world as people get closer to retirement. Just so many reasons why specializing in that world is, uh, is essential. Mm -hmm. All right. One last lesson. I'm sure we could continue to come up with lots of different ones here, Scott, but in the interest of time, let's hit one more here. Okay. Sometimes you need that second opinion. You get a certain diagnosis. You might need a second opinion to either confirm that diagnosis or maybe get another perspective on the recommended treatment. I can think of a couple of family members who have gone through something similar like that, got a really bad first opinion and then you know when and got a second opinion it changed the whole dynamic me personally i got a good little story for you okay. i'm 18 years old i'm getting ready to to leave for college uh in like two weeks and i go to get my eye checkup so i can get some some fresh contacts uh before heading off to college and the doctor the optometrist tells me i have glaucoma uh at eight at 18 years old um and says you know, basically like yeah you have glaucoma and you're probably, you know, sorry to tell you this, but that's what you've got. And, you know, that was kind of an obvious shock to the system um, right. to, to hear that. We have a family history of all sorts of eye things, and so and glaucoma was one of them. So it wasn't like out of the realm of possibility to hear that. But my mom was like, well, that's just ridiculous, though. Like, who just says that? And he, like, said it to us in the waiting room, like out in the open, um, which was really bizarre. And she was like, I think he's a quack. We're going <laughs> to go to somebody else. So, and we, we, you know, we're a small town, and that small town was not known and still to this day. In fact, we're dealing with some current issues with some family members who are in the healthcare system in that same area going through some, hmm, I don't know, maybe you need to go to a bigger city to get some analysis. But right. I'll keep it to one story. Uh, and so I went to college and went to a, uh, a guy in the college town who ran a reputable business that had also come recommended to us from some work coworkers of my mom's. 
And so I went in and saw him, and he was like, he ran tests, looked at a whole bunch of stuff, and he was awesome. Uh, and he was like, you do not have glaucoma. <laughs> this, this is not a stretch as an 18-year-old. You do not have glaucoma. And he explained to me why the other doctor, who was just probably less educated on the subject, um, might have assumed that and gave me good education about everything, put me at ease. But he acknowledged, hey, you are at higher risk, so we're going to run tests on you every two, three years just to make sure things are good. And I continue to go to that doctor now. Uh, what mm-hmm. are we, probably 12, 13, 14 years later. So right. that's pretty cool. And that was a great example of a second opinion that I got to go in and have and have those conversations and get back on the right track. And it was a smaller example, but I'm sure everybody's got that kind of sense to them, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, you know, in the financial world, just like with your glaucoma story, I mean, you know, you might go see somebody that has, you know, tells you more like a sales pitchy thing where, you know, you should maybe do an annuity, you can do this and do that. Um, And you're like, okay, all right, that sounds good. And then you go to see somebody else and they're like, well, you know, did you think about the tax implications of doing this? Or, you know, do you really want to have your money locked up for that wrong? What happens if this happens and this happens? You get a second opinion and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe that first one wasn't quite what I thought it was initially. So in the financial world, getting second opinions is very important, too. And a lot of the times, too, I have a lot of clients that I get that maybe have been working for an advisor for, you know, 10, 15 years. And, you know, they, they, a friend of theirs starts working with me, maybe gives a copy of my book or something like that. And they're like, boy, you know, my financial advisor never talked to this, to me about any of this stuff you're talking about. Uh, it makes so much sense. So, you know, I think sometimes we just get kind of comfortable and we don't necessarily know that there's a different way to do things, you know, supposedly a better way to do things. So, you know, getting a second opinion sometimes opens up new avenues. And and in the financial world, it's just as important as the medical world. And a lot of the times, not quite as important, but, you know, mistakes in the financial world, I mean, that can devastate your life. Um, You know, just like mistakes in the medical world. So it's important to get a second opinion and get Educate yourself before you make a decision. Get educated before you make a decision. Just a great point that we can all take with us and uh, make sure that you have uh, maybe a couple of opinions or at least really trust that first opinion that you're getting um, and have good reasons for it. And if there's ever any hesitation or something doesn't feel right, let that be a good marker for, yeah, let me get some some backup on this and some second opinion information. And uh, mm-hmm. you can kind of get a second opinion of your financial plan because the first opinion is that we're all kind of doing it on our own, right? So coming in to meet with right. Scott, having a conversation with him at Skybox Financial Group would be a great way to get that second opinion and uh, go over your financial plan and uh, get some analysis on it in a little bit better detail than maybe you can do on your own. Uh, If you'd like to schedule that time to meet, Talk to Scott, uh, well, we have a convenient website you can go to, talktoscott.com, in fact, and schedule your time to meet with Scott right from your smartphone or computer. That's talktoscott.com. You can also call the old-fashioned way, 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. And we'll add all that contact info to the description of today's show. Scott, you going to keep the white coat on today, uh, the rest of the show, or are you going to take it off and relax now? 
You know, it looks pretty snazzy. I may keep it on. Might as well keep it on. Yeah. Yeah. Wear, wear it yeah. around a little bit. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I may just walk around the neighborhood with it on or something. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Uh, all right. We'll keep it on for our next segment, which is uh, the Getting to Know You segment, where we get to know Scott a little more. It's Getting to Know You time. All right, my question for you on today's episode, Scott, as we get to know you a little bit better, what skill, what's a skill that you would like to master? You know, Walter, I've always dreamed of being able to do this, and maybe it's kind of a, maybe it's common, maybe it's not, I don't know, but I always wanted to be able to speak other languages, specifically Mandarin Chinese. I I just think that'd be so cool, to, just to be able to communicate with somebody like that and just you know why mandarin specifically i don't know because it's complicated it's from what i understand one of the hardest languages but also Um, has a lot of people who use it so it'd be useful yeah that's true too so you you know you could you know order uh, order chinese food with it Uh, you know no i'm just joking i mean you can use it though for you know, in a, in a lot of different ways, but it do, doesn't really matter what the language is. I just think it'd be neat. These people that, you know, can speak three, four different languages, that, that just blows my mind. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I would I would love to be able to do that. Took all my energy just to learn a little bit of Spanish, you know, and, and can barely retain any of it. I, I don't understand how people become fluent in other languages. It really is just foreign to me. Well, and I think part of the thing is you need to, be able to practice it too, right? True. I mean, you can learn it. I mean, you know, I took Spanish in high school and, you know, I I know, you know, uno, dos, tres, you know, type stuff. But, you know, I probably knew a lot more when I was learning it, obviously, but I never practiced it, never spoke it, and just kind of forgot it. So, you know, that if you use it all the time, you know, that helps you maintain it too. Yeah, I took German for two years and then eventually switched over to Spanish, but um, I have enjoyed the small number of uh, German words that I can remember at this point, but maybe a few more Spanish words are still rattling around up there. But yeah, I just, I just was never a language person, so that would be a fun skill to master. I'm right there with you. Uh, I would pick fence building because you made fun of my fence building <laughs> skills on the last episode <laughs> of the show, so I'd like to build, uh, build fences faster, I guess would be the skill I'd like to master then Scott won't make fun of me. Hey, you know what? It, it's not that bad. You know, <laughs> it takes you five and a half hours to do one side of a fence. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's about right. It's not that bad. <laughs> Took a while to do the posts, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah the posts do take a while. Did to you me, hand dig the post? I did hand dig the posts, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, two of the holes were pretty easy. Um, they were very, very soft, but the other two were, took a lot more effort to get to get to where I needed to be. Yeah. It turned turned out pretty good for a, for an amateur just kind of digging his way through and finding out. Everything turned out pretty level. I just messed up staining the fence. That's really the only place I went wrong. The stain did not turn out like I thought it was going to turn out. Staining's tricky, too. Yeah. I took a shortcut, you know, and it, I paid for it. Let's put it that way. You know, I feel bad now, Walter. I feel like I scarred you for life by making fun of your fence building ability. No, I make fun of my handyman skills myself <laughs> all the time, so you don't have to worry about that one bit. I'm proud of how it turned out because you know what? I did it. That's what matters. You, 
Well, you know what? You should be proud of yourself. 16 hours build a fence, and you stabbed yourself with a toilet. It's all good. <laughs> These were not the same projects, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did not happen at the same time. There was some. I didn't injure myself on this project, so honestly, that's a win. Anytime I don't okay. injure myself on a project, <laughs> it is definitely a win. So, yes, fence building, I would. that would be fine to master that. I'll pick that. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's get a good question from one of our listeners today. It's a quick one. We'll see how easy it is for Scott. Let's get to it. It's the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Today's mailbag question comes to us from Bill. Bill says, what happens to the money in my 401k after I retire? Do I have to roll it over to a different account or can I just leave it there? Well, you know what, Bill, this is a very good and common question that I get all the time. And the answer is a little bit of both. Uh, most of the time, if your balance is over $5,000, you can simply just keep the money in the 401k plan. If you have a smaller balance in there, they are more than likely going to require you to roll that money out. So when most people retire, the vast majority of people decide to roll the money out of the 401k and for a couple different reasons. Number one, a 401k plan is kind of designed to be an accumulation vehicle. It's designed, it's got a lot of equity-based investments in it. It's designed for you to start in your 20s, put money away every paycheck, and keep saving and saving and saving until you eventually reach retirement. It's not a good retirement distribution tool. Uh, it's not very easy to get money out of. you got to fill out forms a lot of the times, and the investments aren't necessarily geared towards providing an income in your retirement. So a lot of people do choose to roll it over. There are some cons though. Generally, you know, 401ks are going to be lower in cost in, in a lot of cases. So you might have to pay an advisor to be an advisory fee uh, to help manage your money. But it does open up every possible investment out there. So you have the ability to buy stocks and bonds and You'll get a portfolio that's structured and geared towards retirement and not for accumulation. So a lot of people do decide to roll it over when they do retire, but more than likely um, you would have the ability to keep the money there in that 401k after you retire. It's a really good question. This is real similar to the question you get all the time of when people do move their accounts or you know have a, a stop in employment uh, just for like even going to another employer same kind of reasoning mm -hmm. embedded in that so not an mm -hmm. uncommon question bill certainly no. and uh, a really good one to certainly ask on today's show there you go a couple of pieces of information for you to consider if you want to have a conversation with scott in a little bit more detail about your own financial plan and get questions like we often cover here on the show answered but you know answer to your particular situation Give Scott a call, 888-742-0111, or go online to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. You can even schedule a time to meet with Scott from your smartphone or computer at talktoscott.com. And all the contact info you need is in the description of today's show. All right, the movie and TV show review is back. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. It's time for the shelter-in-place movie TV review. All right, Scott, what you been watching lately? 
Boy, I tell you, we got hooked into this series, The Handmaiden's Tale. The Handmaiden's The Handmaid's Tale or Handmaiden's Tale? Maybe it's Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just I didn't know if it was like maybe a knockoff of The Handmaid's Tale. No, it's it's The Handmaid's <laughs> Tale. I just said it wrong, okay? I'm just uh, missing your jobs. But, uh, yeah, you know what? I think there's four seasons. We're still – we just started season two of this. And when I'd seen previews for it before, uh, the woman that is the main star of it, she used to be in Mad Men, which we watch all the time, and I can't recall her name right now. But when I would saw previews, I always thought it was kind of a weird show. I'm like, I don't think I'd ever be into this. And my daughter said the same thing. And they're like, I don't know. It looks weird. And then I don't know how we got started on it. Me and my wife heard from somebody else. That's what it was. My wife heard from one of her friends how good it was. And we're like, all right, we'll try it. Holy smokes. It It, it is really good. It's like this, just to give you the idea of the show. Have you seen it, Walter? I I have not seen the show, no. Okay. I know the show you're talking about, though. I've seen the previews for it well, and apparently- have heard a lot of people talk about it. Well, apparently you know the title better than I But <laughs> I just know because I've heard people talk about it, and I've thought, huh, it just looks like a weird show. Well, that was it. That's what I thought, too. And then we start watching this, and it's the whole preface is that there is um, – it, it's I can't really kind of get the – it's kind of almost present day, but a different timeline than now. So there was a pandemic – like maybe in the 50s or 60s, and and then women were becoming infertile, and there's no more children being born. So these handmaids are women that are fertile, and then there's an overthrow of the government, and there's this new government created in the United States, and what they do is they then kind of enslave these women to basically be baby factories. And you know, it, it, it's just super good. It's it's really well written. The acting's really good, and the story is 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 very interesting. As well as things where you're like, oh man, you know, a lot of cliffhangers in there. Yeah, it sounds kind of. Is it a little dark? It sounds a little dark. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it it definitely uh, is uh, not a big happy cheery kind of TV show. Yeah, that is. Uh, it's going to be one where it's you got to be ready for the intensity of it, right? Yeah, it is. The whole idea is disturbing, right? I mean, it's just. Uh, but it's uh, it's a good show. You should definitely check it out. All right. Well, I've got two for you because one of them is a don't bother um, and stay away from. So every once in a while, we often recommend shows, but sometimes we tell you to ignore a show here, right? On the uh, you know. Retirement Toolbox. And so mine is that new, uh, the new show. It came out on um, uh, Amazon. They were kind of pumping it up real big on the uh, Amazon Prime. And it was that new adaptation of, um, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, Tom Clancy, uh, one of his latest thrillers, you know, the Jack Ryan series. or Yes, yes. So this is, uh, I guess, the next generation of the Jack Ryan series. So they had Michael B. Jordan, who I really like, was the kind of the main actor now as the main, uh-huh. uh, you know, adventure actor. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse is the name of it. Okay. Awful. Just awful. Now, is it a movie or a series? Movie. And it looked good. The preview looked amazing, but it was terrible. The acting all the way around was terrible. I could not get into it. And I usually love shows like that. I love the actual TV show that they have, 
of right. uh, of the Tom Clancy series that they're kind of yeah, doing the Jack right Ryan now. The Jack one. Ryan yeah. one is yeah. really good. So I, I had high expectations for this one. We didn't finish it. We got maybe 30, 40 minutes into it, and I said, I can't do it anymore. I'm totally wow. disinterested. You so. know, it's interesting you say that because that is on my watch list. Give it a shot. See if you disagree with me because I don't know if maybe I was just in a bad mood that day or what, but it just could not grip me, and I just thought the acting was ruining it, and I just it just wasn't well done, I thought. All so, right. Anyway, maybe I'll be in the minority on that, but I just didn't find it very good. But I want to be positive and throw out a second one that I'll throw out as a good one. It's a TV series, only one season so far. It's on the Sci-Fi Channel, and it's called Resident Alien. Have you seen the previews for that one? I have not. I had seen the previews for a while and thought, oh, the show looks kind of dumb. And then uh, someone recommended it to my wife, so I said, all right, well, let's try it. And so we tried it, and it was really good. I really liked it. Um, It's basically an alien comes to kill everybody on Earth, but his spaceship crashes. And so he is able to assume the identity of a human, and he learns how to be a human by watching a whole bunch of TV shows and movies Mm. before he has to go out and interact with the world. So imagine then like someone trying to learn all about how to be a human through TV shows and movies and then entering the real world and still being very extremely socially awkward. Um, right, oh, right. by the way, he's the, like, he becomes the town doctor. And so that's the kind of the premise behind it. And now he has to fit into society without being discovered as the town doctor who's actually an alien. And uh, I don't know. It just had really good humor, dry humor, a, a lot of wit, just very funny. Right. Good jokes, easy to follow, just just a just a good, fun show. We we liked it a lot, so I thought it was pretty good. Okay. First season's definitely worth a watch. So Resident it, Alien, I'd say check that out. It may be tough to get my wife just by the title to buy into that. And yeah, the, you know, I, it's not you know. like the typical you would think of like a sci-fi alien show being like way out there. I thought it was like you could have watched this on NBC or you know one of the major networks, but. Like, they don't overdo the alien thing. Like, it's it's a comedy. It's a goofball show, but with still kind of a good storyline behind it. Well, okay. So, I think it's cool. I liked it. I, th- I thought I was not going to enjoy it, but I thought it was really good. So. so you say, you know, there's a new show coming out on Amazon. won't be to 2022, and it, it's I think his name's Jack Carr, the Navy SEAL. He's wrote a bunch of kind of Tom Clancy kind of books, maybe three or four of them. Okay. Uh, I think the latest one's called Devil's Hand. Well, anyway, Amazon picked up uh, his character, uh, which is a Navy SEAL. And uh, Chris Pratt is going to be the main character. Oh, interesting. Okay. And uh, he's going to play the lead role. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a series on Amazon. But it won't. they're filming it now. It won't be coming out until next year. So that'll oh, be something. If you, if you like the, you know, the Jack Ryan kind of stuff, this is going to be exactly kind of right in line with that. Perfect. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to that one. Uh, well, let me know. You obviously should watch if you're into that kind of stuff. The the t- other Tom Clancy one. Let me know if I'm I'm wrong and if I should okay. go back and finish the rest of it. Maybe I just didn't watch it with the right mindset that day. But be interested to hear your thoughts on it for sure. I will. Well, there you have it. The TV and movie review, and maybe one to stay away from. We'll see. Scott might counter me on the next time we we talk. We'll have to get an update if he's able to watch that one before then. Uh, have a good one, my friend, and uh, we'll talk again here in a few weeks. You got it, Walter. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go try.
Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.